Well, hello, you beautiful people. I'm Gary Horn, and this, this is the NWA. You know what it is. It's a podcast celebrating the past, present, and future history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, and we're talking about that NWA. Listen, I'm going to make this short and sweet. I am in Hotlanta, and I am here for the NWA television tapings, and I am super excited. But earlier this morning, there was a press conference where uh, several things were announced. Billy Corgan, uh, along with the rest of the NWA, all of the champions basically were there. David Marquez, Joe Galley. You got to hear from a little bit of each of them. I actually, right before this, I posted the audio for you. You can check that out and uh, hear the actual press conference. It was also streamed live on YouTube. Personally, I think my audio might sound a little bit better than theirs did. So. Uh, feel free to check that out. Basically, the main announcements is uh, you got to see Allison K receive her brand new women's championship. Really, really nice belt. I, I think it looks, uh, I mean, the, the original was very classic as well, but this one's uh, got this silver and it's just it really, really classy. And Allison's really classy, so it works out. Pinky's up. You got to see the announcement that they will be premiering this new live show at 6.05 on Tuesday evenings which I think is really cool. That's going to be on Facebook Live or Facebook Watch and on YouTube. Also on Saturdays at 6.05, it's going to air on Fight TV. So lots of different ways for you to have access. Everyone has access. Been seeing a lot of snotty comments, I guess you'd say, just because there's not an actual quote-unquote TV deal. But come on, man. This is available to anybody that wants to watch it. There's no reason people can't see the NWA on their television. It's 2019. Time to get with the times. The show's going to be called NWA Power. I think it's just Power, but there's like three R's. So the logo's cool, though. You should check it out. You can go to nationalwrestlingalliance.com and see that logo. And just really cool comments from Billy Corgan talking about the uh, innovation that they're going to try to achieve uh, with this new NWA studio show. I'm really, really excited about it. They also did announce a brand new pay-per-view is going to be taking place on December 14th, I believe he said. Uh, you can listen to that press conference just to make absolutely certain. That's about it. I just, uh, I'm excited. I don't know what the name of the pay-per-view is going to be, but we'll try to do our best to find out. Also, I was at that whole conference and didn't think to live stream any video or take little video clips I'm, I'm still learning folks i'll get with it but anyway the wife's taking a nap i'm just here i gotta rush through this real quick because i gotta get out of here and head down to the studio for the tapings but i just wanted to give you a little intro here and let you know that uh, i appreciate everybody that's following along with the adventure and uh this episode is actually after the press conference i got to sit down and talk to Nick Aldis, Tim Storm, and David Lagana. Pretty exciting. Real brief, they were getting ready to go to lunch, so everybody was kind of busy, and it's, a, it's obviously a busy couple of days for them, but these guys were nice enough to uh, give me a word. I didn't end up bothering Billy Corgan or David Marquez, because as you'll hear, I accidentally left my recorder running on a table where they were being interviewed anyway. So, that was done by Mr. Adam Springer over at, at Remotely Interested. I'm going to tag him in the posts about this and everything, but Adam Springer, Remotely Interested, keep that in mind. I asked him if he would be okay with me just dropping the audio on here for you guys to hear too, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, and he said that that was A-OK. -okay. He's all about collaboration, and I like that attitude. 
And uh, so I want to make sure I give him a shout out. If uh, you're having any trouble finding him, please hit me up. We'll hook you up with him because uh, he's a really, really good guy. We ended up having breakfast afterwards. If you hear some other voices at the table, one of them is my wife, Jennifer, and other friend is Mina, uh, who is here visiting, uh, well, Billy Corgan. She's a friend of Billy Corgan's, and she was there uh, visiting from L.A., I believe. So anyway, that's enough talk for me. Enjoy the additional audio. Obviously, a lot of background noise, a lot of stuff going on, people moving all over the place. So I think it's still perfectly fine to hear. The Aldous audio is a little weird. I tried to isolate it a little bit more, but, you know, it sounds a little funkier. But all in all, still good quality interviews and good discussion. Hope you guys enjoy it. See ya. I'm going to wait through the rounds. So, well, that was brief. It was brief. Well, you know, I thought that I didn't know we were for sure going to get to talk to you guys yeah. here or whatever. So I thought maybe it was like after everything. So I don't yeah. know if it was supposed to be all Billy or what. Right there, but so nice play for sympathy, bringing your son up there when you're up against Tim Storm. And uh, I mean, someone's got to someone's got to rival him in the pulling on the heartstrings. You know what I mean? He doesn't he doesn't get a monopoly on the the family man gimmick. That's true. I did want to ask you one thing. I didn't get to elaborate too much more on that um, when we talked. I don't know how because we talked forever. But what's it mean for you when you go into something like that and and you're up against that sort of? You, you talked about it on our our interview that the respect that he gets when he walks into a locker room and that sort of thing like and that now this is his last chance and there's this there's the rocky story you know like it's that's business yeah like you you want that with someone you're in the ring with because otherwise no one cares I, I don't shut my feelings off and I'm you know, completely cold about it, but it's like, if, if there's not emotional investment, then there's no money, you know, and so it's like, I've, I've been in there with people who are beloved, you know what I mean, Sting, Jeff Hardy, you know, Kurt Angle, AJ, it's like, like I, I know what it's like to be in there and, and feel like everybody's rooting for the other guy, like, that's, that's, but that's, that's what you want, you either want everyone rooting for you or everyone rooting against you, because that's the, that's the business we're in. Right. So, you know, on this occasion, and it's not like I don't have my own respect. You know, it's, it's like ju- just because just because someone who respects my opponent doesn't mean they don't respect me. It's, it's, no, it's just, and ultimately when you can get a combination of where they respect both, then that's when you get real main event level stuff. We were having a discussion at this table before the conference started, and uh, she was actually asking me, if, like, who, who are you supposed to pull for in Nick versus Tim? And I'm like, I, that doesn't matter. I guess as like, long as you care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's going to be the tough one. Yeah. The only situation you want to avoid is where people don't care either way. Like, oh, whatever, you know. Right. Like, but if, when, they're, when they're torn, we had the same situation with Cody. Right. Like, That's a good point. I think at first, everyone sort of presumed, like, oh, okay, this is just going to be all about. Cody, you know, like everyone's going to want Cody to win, and in the building, it felt that way for sure. But throughout the fabric of the wrestling world and the fans, there was a, there was a, there was a lot of people who wanted me to come out on top of that first encounter, and a lot of people that were glad when I won it back in Nashville. I was one of those guys, but. You have to be honest, though. At that time, you you knew where that crowd was at, and you really kind of you leaned into the other side of that. So. Yeah, well, that's because it's business. <laughs> you know, that's you want that. You want an emotional investment from the audience, one way or the other. It makes it harder to pull for you, though, when you're. Uh, I am very comfortable with the idea that there are a lot of people that 
don't like me and want to see someone like me get knocked down a few pegs. Yeah. That's that's where the business comes in because I'm going on almost one year as the world's champion now. Where's that hang with like Tim Storm though, who's like a super respectable individual and we've seen you when you need to be mean with folks like uh, Cody or uh, your buddy Crimson can attest to, you've been willing to take a few shortcuts here and there if it gets you. I don't know if shortcuts is the right word. Okay. I think it's opportunities. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, not show friends, show business. All right. Fair enough. I'll give somebody else a chance with you, Nick. Very much. I can't believe I'm sitting here across from David Lagana finally. I mean, it's not the first time I've met you, but... This is great. This is going well so far. <laughs> it's going to be difficult. Let's see how it is. How are you feeling, Dave? I'm great. Very excited. Yeah. There's uh, a lot going on, so it's, yeah. uh, it's crazy. I've, uh, I've tried communicating with you on DM and stuff, so I know how you are. So you're not, you're not going to break me, my cat. He DM'd my cat once. I DM'd your cat? Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, we, we love what you're doing, and it's, uh, it's great that we have so many passionate people who are really interested in what we're up to. So. I appreciate that, man. We're, we're going to have you on someday. Yeah. It's not even a question for you. I've, I've I mean, Rotella lives in my bushes, so it's... Uh... Yeah, you made that happen, and he, uh, he, felt, he felt pretty good about it when I, when I told him, like, you, you had mentioned him. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it was not a clash. I don't want to call it a clash. Like, we get along great. He's, a, he's just... He's a little on. Yeah, he's always, always on. Okay. So you've seen the studio, everything's yeah. there, you feel the energy. I think you'll walk in and be blown away. What are you what are you looking for tonight? Like you're looking for I I think we have no idea what we're walking into. And that's great. Yeah. I think uh, when you guys walked into Crockett Cup it was like, wow. This is gonna be wow plus now the town have a chance for like a blank canvas that they've never had to paint on before. That's good, man. I know I know that you guys are super busy, so I don't wanna hold you up too much. But um what are you looking for? I asked Billy the same question in the press conference, but you, you have a handle on views and everything else like I mean is there something I don't I want to I know you're not going to give me like a specific number or attention I don't I just want your attention you just want the attention yeah. we planned all this was very coordinated as far as how when why why Atlanta you know all the way back to Billy and I two years ago went to Turner met at the at the mansion where they did the original show and this was the show we were going to do for them time just made it be something we were going to do for ourselves and so it's uh, it's time for it and he he wrote a very big check to do this and it's funny to see people well why don't you have a television deal because he doesn't when you have a television deal you have to then behest to the person that you have the television deal with and he wants to show what he can do and let our fans speak to it and he doesn't like the word lab he likes to just to test what we're doing and it's it's gonna work no one gave us a chance two years ago when we started it was like who's the old guy with the belt yeah well, by the way, Stitch in school to be here today. Um, uh, he loves when I say that. But no, it's uh, it's it's really really cool um, to be here and be able to bring back a tradition. And, and it's it's every the best way I can describe the studio. It's every studio wrestling show kind of pushed into one. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been really cool to pull it together. And, and he walked in last night saying like a kid on Christmas, and that's all I want. So I haven't even he wrote an Instagram post. I haven't read yet, but it's uh, it's funny. It's the Impact Wrestling All Access, and I joked. Uh, he never really got all that all access you wanted, but now he does have all the access to do whatever he wants, and uh, that's all. We, that's all we all want to do, and basically for talents too. So. There's something more special about this. Yeah. I feel like that, that that's going to draw people well, in, and it's going to be easier to keep up with. It's the era we live in. Yeah. Ten years ago, oh, ten, uh, fifteen years ago, you couldn't do this. 
You right. can broadcast your own show. And um, I had a podcast that went lasted nine months, and I a very important person that got smacked down on the air messaged me how important that podcast was him two weeks ago, and it was just like that was nine years ago that I did that podcast. So it's just the stuff has the power of the thing. And when he came with the word power, it was like that's it. I listened to that podcast back then. Yeah. It felt like the only time I'd ever had like insight yeah. into anything. It was a really neat I had no experience. format. I was terrible at it. I was a terrible host, but I just I knew what I did well and that's what people wanted. So All right, David. I will okay. not keep you. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if that was my fault, I apologize. <laughs> Good morning. How are you doing? I'm really excited. How are you? Hello. Hello. I've met you, so we're good. Oh, yes. Well, Gary. Yeah. No, no, no. We're good. Okay. I just didn't want to introduce myself and then be rude. No, no, no. No, you're all right. I, uh, I do. This is the NWA podcast. So we're, uh, we just had Mr. Aldis on. I listened to it yesterday. Oh, okay. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you for listening. But, Tim, he talked on there about... You showing up in locker rooms and guys nowadays, like they, they have to be on their P's and Q's. Like they feel like when Tim Store walks in, it's a big deal and better straighten up and act right. How does that make you feel? Like when you, you know, I, I saw all the, the media coverage on, on the, the interview and I, everybody was saying it's great, it's great. And I was actually driving from another show yesterday. <clears throat> I spent a lot of time in my car. So I spent, uh, what was it, two hours basically listening to that. And, I, you know, obviously the, when you're about to wrestle a guy, you never know what they're going to say. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, when, when, it, when my name came up, I'm immediately, like, leaning forward going, okay, what do we got? And, and Nick, you know, Nick said a couple things. He said, one, he goes, uh, he act, it's a, he's a father figure in the locker room. And he goes, and I'm not referring to his age, although I do rib him about that. And he does pretty yeah. relentlessly. Um, but I, I appreciate the respect, if that's what it is. I definitely don't come in and make threats or anything like that, but I I take the wrestling business and I take what we do really seriously. I think we should approach it with class and with style, and uh, we're, rep- we're representing the NWA. And I had the pleasure of representing the NWA for 400-something days. Yeah. That's about, that's my nature now. Yeah. Um, so when I walk into a locker room, I'm not just representing 25 years in the business. I'm representing seriously everything I believe in, which is the National Wrestling Alliance and what it means. So if, if that, I'm not gonna say I didn't know that effect because you guys know what I do for my other job. I, yeah, I, I, I'm a school teacher, so I, I am used to influencing attitudes and yeah. trying to, you know, I'm not sure I would have told anybody I had that effect in the locker room. I just, I guess it's my gift. I'm just me, whatever that is. And yeah. you either, you know, you either accept the gift or you, you know, who I am or you don't. And it's yeah. anyway. But I, that was a very nice thing to say. Um, I think I've, I, I heard you say that about the um, this is the NWA comment and and I've I was trying to remember what it was but I actually I think I've stole I've stolen something from you from that that I'm probably going to use so oh okay so we'll see we'll see how it, hey you never know what's going to come out when you're standing game. in front of a mic but I, I I was thinking that's good and I'll, oh wait. we'd love to have you on sometime absolutely yeah. I mean I th- I really do I think it's an honor I think. People who support professional wrestling, we should support that. Yeah, I appreciate that. We were we were really grateful that that Nick volunteered his time and, and he actually reached out to me. It was really nice of him. I was like, I, I would I would love to do that. I can't promise. Uh, you know, Nick always what people people see us as professional wrestlers and what they don't ever see are the people behind that. 
and he's incredibly intelligent and articulate and has you know has a very deep well of wisdom about the business. I can't promise you any of those things about me. All I can Listen, give you is, is what I believe. You, so. you, you keep selling yourself short, and and that is it's a, your your humble attitude is a really unique thing for a person who's been the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You know, it's a completely well, it's honestly it's the exact opposite of our friend Nick over there. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always funny to me. We we put a picture of you up on Instagram. I say we like I, I mean it's just me being a nerd about wrestling. And, but uh, I, I put a picture of you up and uh, wrote a comment or something at one point on the Instagram. And this it's funny on social media. Like somebody just chimed in and started getting some likes, and some guy wrote a comment. Was like, Hey man, that guy's my teacher. Oh wow! <laughs> and I never know how to take that. To be honest with you, it's a, uh, you know, I've had to kind of back off social media as a teacher. Yeah. I've never thought about it before, but I'm thinking. I think about it now. I think part of the thing that you pointed out with Nick and I being opposites is on the, on the podcast. What did he say? He he knew at 13 or 14 years old that that was the road that he wanted to take. Right. Uh, and I don't know that he ever said I want to be a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Right. But he had a respect for the NWA. <clears throat> And my background is just the opposite. Uh, you know, when I got into wrestling, that was beyond anything I ever dared dream about. And I think that's probably the difference in what you see. I think he set a goal at an early age. And the truth is, as much as I loved wrestling, I didn't start wrestling until I was 30. Yeah. And I had a wife, two kids, a house, car payments. I passed up other opportunities to wrestle because of the commitment I had to my family. Um, while Nick... I think he, he, this is almost like he's, he's achieving his lifetime goal. And mine is I'm exceeding everything. Every, every step along the way, I'm exceeding what I ever dreamed for the business, for me. What, what, what exactly changed when you were 30 that made you just, uh, like, I needed a new challenge. Okay. Uh, it's, I had done a lot of things uh, athletically and, some some will register with people, some won't. But I, you know, I played college football for a little while. I this is the one that always people go what? But I played softball, men's softball, and traveled all over the country and played at a pretty high level for that. I played volleyball, uh, semi. I did a lot of things, and it was I just wanted a new challenge. Uh, and I went. I told my wife, I went, yeah, I've always wanted to do this, and she went, no, you haven't. You've never said this, and I went. No, I really always have, and I, and I had. I've, it's something I've always wanted to do. What I said up there was the absolute truth. Um, growing up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, in the South, I got I got wrestling three times a day because of where I was located. Right? I mean, I got Memphis in the morning. I got Georgia in the afternoon, and I got Sportatorium Texas at night. And as a 12, 13, 14 year old kid, that's what I. It wasn't cartoons. It was that's what I my, my Saturdays were, and it just planted a seed. And I mean, I can give you the exact moment I went and saw uh, the NWA and Pine Bluff Convention Center, and the main event was um, Andre the Giant against Ken Patera. Yeah, and he lifted Patera up for a body slam, and his feet hit the light over the ring, and it just like, oh. And I mean, I literally went, I've got to do that. And it, <laughs> That's awesome. It, yeah, and it, has, it never went away. It's still, at my age now, the passion and the desire and the rush that I feel is the same as that day. And my full expectation is when we walk out tonight, for, for NWA in Atlanta, Georgia, my expectation is inside. I will feel that exact same feeling. Beautiful, yeah. Um, all right, I know I have so many questions to ask you, but I'll save that for one day if I can okay. get you on the show. Um, one more, just really quick, is 
it's a big deal for you tonight and it's 10 pounds of gold but it's a lot heavier than that when you carry it what I, I mean this with all due respect like do you you know people talk about the age deal and that sort of thing and you've had it once before are you ready to, to carry it again without a doubt it's I, I guess that's I've never cut a promo if I'm, if I'm, well, I shouldn't say that. What I'm, what I've done the last ten years, I don't. I just talk and I speak from my heart. In in life, what defines me is not wrestling. I mean, I've got, I've been married for thirty-one years. I've got two kids. I've got five grandkids. I'll probably say this because it's true. I've got a ninety-four-year-old mom that doesn't even know I'm here right now. Right. Okay. The, well, the reason is, is because she's not going to ask me, did you win or lose? She's going to ask me, did you get hurt? Right. Because that's all she cares about. And I'm literally her baby. I'm the youngest of, of, I'm the only boy remaining, but I'm the youngest of four. That's what defines me as, as a man, as a person. But truthfully, what's defined me as a wrestler is the NWA World's title. There is nothing in this business that's more important than that. Nothing. So, it, yeah, I'm, I crave that. It's almost addictive. You know, it's it's like, it's, and I won't say I'm not I'm not complete as a wrestler without it. Right. I, I love the business. I'm passionate about it. I still want to do it. I'm willing to. You know, the, uh, the my skills have not declined a lot. Right. It's the recovery in your body that declines, and it's the pain. And, I, and in, if it ever gets to the point where I can't handle it, I'll be the first to know. I will. I'll do things I probably shouldn't do to try to win that time. They don't know that. And it's all, it's not even desperation. It's just that deep of a desire. We'll see. It's an honor. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Let me know. We'll do it. Absolutely. I'll... Uh... Very interesting about your stuff. I've been watching you for probably say at least ten years now. Yeah. Um, that includes the transition from moving to UK to the US. So, how would you say you know now that we're moving into the studio wrestling scene, you've kind of been a champion of it, but it wasn't necessarily fashionable. What's it like for you to sort of see studio wrestling sort of potentially come back into its own again? Well, like you said, I all I've ever done is produce studio wrestling. Um, even if it was in a big arena, we blocked it like studio wrestling, you know. We, we always knew it had to look good on camera. And I mean, even the WWE does studio wrestling. They just don't call it that because they're at Madison Square Garden or the Staples Center or wherever. Um, there's, there's one way to shoot wrestling. And uh, I, there's a lot of people who tried breaking that line. Ring of Honor tried it on HDNet. You know, they had cameras kind of flying around and it didn't work. Uh, Smackdown tried it for a little while. It didn't work. Uh, so you go back to the standard uh, camera setups and whatnot. AEW, I think, thought that they were going to go a different direction with their production, too. And when you look at their, their plot, their arena plots, it's identical to Raw. So there's only one way to really do this. Um, but it, it feels really good to come back into a studio setting. Uh, my show, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, is done the exact same way. We're just in a theater, not, not, not a... Um, Thank you. Not, not necessarily uh, a studio, but over the years, if you've been watching our stuff as long as you have, you've noticed that we went from a, a studio facility. Yep. It was called the Glendale Studios. Yep. And I was just explaining this to someone else asking questions. If you could imagine uh, of all of my production, uh, the best of the Glendale Studios, Ocean View Pavilion, where we're at now, 
and you add in their Georgia Championship Wrestling, Memphis Wrestling, and yeah. probably Smoky Mountain Wrestling, yeah. that's what you guys are going to see aesthetically uh, with this version of NWA Power. So uh, it's really cool to actually sit there and see the layout and the plot. And I've done stuff here. Actually, I was at the Techwood Studios in the beginning of my career and the stuff uh, early on in WCW uh, with Harley Race and Gordon Soley. So I've been very fortunate to peek in on a lot of things in Channel 5 in Memphis with Randy Hales and Jerry Jarrett and, and uh, Corey Macklin. Uh, so I've done a lot more than people probably realize and been around uh, way longer than people realize. I'll be 30 years in February in wrestling. That's impressive. Yeah, That's a long time you. in wrestling as well. Yeah, and, and still have a, a better than decent name. So, uh, no, I'm very proud of what we've done. And, and like you said, yes, I champion studio wrestling. I love studio wrestling. <clears throat> and I'm proud that William and David love studio wrestling too. And we'll be able to present it that way. Yeah. I've, this might be a good question to ask you as well. Um, in terms of the history of the business, we're seeing a time now where it's never been easier in a way to get access to information that necessarily wasn't out there previously. You think about traditionally, like, in the analog era, it would have been tape swapping, but now you have YouTube, you have a lot of different stuff coming up. How important do you think the overall history of professional wrestling is to moving it forward, as opposed to just picking certain eras and trying to replicate those? I think the history of pro wrestling is extremely important. You can't... <clears throat> You always have to go back to the fundamentals of whatever it is. Like, I'm a big animation buff. Oh, cool. So you you have to go back to the early days of, uh, of McKay and the early Felix the Cats and to the early Mickey Mouses and Coco the Clowns if you really want to bring animation. If you've noticed with the yeah, trends in animation one. recently <clears throat> and where they're taking that and, and trying to not reinvent it, but put a twist on it for newer eyes, but it's really traditional stuff. Uh, when you watch professional sports on television, it always goes back to the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, you know, uh, that wide world of sports mantra. In pro wrestling, exact same thing. I don't think we need to dwell on, and in pro wrestling, for some reason, people love to dwell on the past and not celebrate the past. Yeah. Um, you can't, you can't move forward if you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and again, with a, a huge Walt Disney fan, me, yeah. as the man Walt Disney. Yeah. Uh, he would, he always said, Disneyland's not a museum. You have to always plus it. You have to always change it. It always has to evolve. Yeah. And every time, like a, a favorite attraction goes away, there's an uproar about it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to make way for now. I don't. I didn't want to see the Rivers of America at Disneyland cut in half so that they can build Star Wars. Uh, experience, yeah, but that's yeah. what they did. Yeah, and I went there. It's a beautiful looking thing. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I'd much rather sit on the Mark Twain and go around the rivers of America and and and, 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 and enjoy and enjoy that additional seven minutes of just floating in the water. Um, but to, pro wrestling is the exact same way. Um, you have to go back. You have to celebrate, but don't be stuck in it. You, you really have to push forward. Like what we did with Adam Pearce and Colt Cabana and that Seven Levels of Hate stuff. Yeah, we took from what I feel the very best of the fundamentals of presenting professional wrestling and storytelling and allowed Adam and Colt to to really amplify that in an, and I hate the word indie, but but in that We're modern sense, the modern sense yeah. for the modern people to understand it, the internet influenced fans yeah. uh, and feel like it's theirs. Yeah. But in reality, what we were doing was just 
Bill Watts brawls and bloody messes and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and we had the opportunity to do that. At least I was a part of six of the seven. Uh, the seventh was taken away from me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's it's, it's exciting to go back. I, again, don't dwell, celebrate, move forward and progress. And, you know, what do you think in terms of the internet now? You know, we've never been at an easier time to get to the fan directly. Right. How do you think for you, as somebody that's clearly similar to Colt Cabana, I guess, in a way, you know, you've built up that truly independent sort of vibe mm -hmm. around you, right? How important do you think the internet's been to changing the face of wrestling where we are now? I think the internet has changed wrestling 200%, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm very much a traditionalist um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, when things were really being exposed, probably when you started getting into it, um, uh, from that level, we couldn't keep secrets anymore. And secrets are important to what we do. And when you expose everything, when you expose everything uh, to the public, you know, the magic's not there. Going back to Disney, you don't go back to a Disney. You don't go to a Disney park and say in your mind you're going to go stand in line to meet a four foot girl standing in a in a mouse costume. No, you're going to see Mickey Mouse. You know, and that's that imagination. In pro wrestling, it's the same thing. You want you want to keep that mystique. You know, but the internet exposes that, and that's what they do. Everybody on the net, everybody's everybody knows better. Everyone's smarter than the next guy. And just like William said, you can operate at a loss. I did for many years yeah. to build a brand. Like people don't remember necessarily all the New Japan stuff I did for five years. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just they not. I think out. it comes out of nowhere. But yeah, it it, no. Sweat and tears. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it's it's. You just have to forget about it, not listen to it, move on. But the internet has changed wrestling, like some ways for the best, but some ways for the worst. You know, Jimmy Cornette's a prime example. Not to bring that up, right now, but it's, it's uh, I and, and I, I believe have most of the time, ninety percent of Jim, I agree with. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's just the public tries to change the narrative for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, he's a hell of a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, but just that's just just it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks sure. for watching. Oh, I'll, I'll be there this evening. So. Sure. Bringing another Brit with me as well. So. Good. Cool. I see. I guess here. Oh, cool. Adam Spring. Hey, yeah, no. Who do you guys want? Just sit there for a second. Okay. Just check the levels on this. I'll sit here. Oh, I'm just going to sit here and sit here. Yeah, please. Feel free. I'm glad it's early for you as well. Oh, my God. So, one thing I'm interested in is obviously, you know, Smoke Man, Wrestling, you have it, Ruben, and you've had a long what do you think the connection between or the appeal for people in the music industry with wrestling is? So Nick will be available if you want to uh, I've been asked that question a lot. I've never really had a good answer. I mean, it's a similar ideological frame, but beyond that, I think it's just, it's kind of like gazing over the fence and thinking that looks like fun. Kind of romanticizing what, is, what it looks like on the other side. And of course, when you get on the other side, you realize it's just as complicated a business as the one you're in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when I worked with Rick the last couple of years, all he wants to do is talk about wrestling and he talks to him about working uh, with Jim Fournette and Smoky Mountain and you know, losing a bunch of money and 
you know, but he, he, he loved it and he really, and he still goes to you know, WrestleMania. So I, like that, so. I don't know. If you grew up on it and you love it and you have access, I think maybe that changes the dynamics. I mean, part of the way I got sucked into wrestling was I would go to shows in the late 90s and early 2000s and I got to know people, you know, I became friends with people and, and I would, as a fan, I would have never had that entree. But then they would also trust me with stuff because they thought, well, he's in the business by extension. So they would tell me stuff, kayfabe stuff. And, Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to call Jeremy Borash on the phone like during the WCW Russo meltdown days and get the, get the inside dirt on the shit that was going on. I just couldn't believe what he was telling me. You know, I was just like some fan watching the shows in 1999 or 2000, whatever, and then I get the inside Jeremy Borash report. <laughs> so I just got sucked in. I just thought the business is so fascinating. I'm still fascinated by the business. Um, I guess that's part of my motivation is I actually want to change the business and update it to more of a, um, a more fair, talent-positive, 21st century mindset. Get it out of the old days where there's this sort of contentious, behind-the-scenes relationship between management and, and talent. I think I think we're into a different era now. And I think you see with UFC... But they, at some point, they started to wrap their head around the fact that they need to be, they don't just need to be in the fight business, they need to be in the personality business. So, a guy like Chuck Liddell remains valuable to the UFC past a fighting career, or a George St. Pierre, or in the old wrestling mentality, well, if you're going to go out and take bumps, I got no use for you. And, um, and I think the NWA is the perfect vehicle where we can have that balance of of uh, the legends and I mean it's perfect for us I mean we, we have no problem with it we, we think as long as you can walk and talk and, and people know who you are you're, you're part of the product you you know um, you know Magnum T.A. is a perfect example you know hasn't wrestled for how many years since, since the, the, the tragic end not only do I remember the guy's a tremendous promo has a tremendous knowledge tremendous history I mean why is he not in the business more uh, to me the fact that he's not an active wrestler is kind of irrelevant and I don't mean that in any disrespectful way to how his wrestling career and I'm saying it's like this is a man who has a value talent Charisma, you know, and and I'm and I'm like I want him in business. I don't want him like the guy that you you know bring out every once in a while. I'm, I I want him. Oh my God, are you kidding me? It's like talk about a resource. Um, just to even just have his knowledge around, and I, I just that that's what I love about the NWA. Is it's a it's a very comfortable portal to work past, present, or future. Yeah. It's comfortable. Where if it was Billy Corgan wrestling, it would be hard to make that argument. Because yeah. people say, oh, it's more vainglorious. Like, you know, you're doing your version of wrestling. It's like, no, I'm doing what is really the traditional version of wrestling. Um, and I, I do feel there's a fan base that still really responds to that historical connection. And to me, you see it in every other major sport. You see it in soccer. You see it in baseball. You know, the legends are part of the... The universe, um, and, and the kayfabe part of wrestling, oftentimes turns its back on sort of the past because they, they don't want to be reminded, or they want to kind of always live in this hyper present. I get it, but for me, I, I don't like that as a business. Model. I mean, for me, I find the NWA very interesting because that old-fashioned sort of territory we've been talking about, similar to what we've seen in the last few centuries, it's like it's never been a bad time to have the NWA is doing everything they can. There's no sort of barriers to how you control them. You know, like back in the day, look, look at the look at the the, 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 the diminishing hegemony of the New York Times and how they now they become hyper-partisan. They've gone from the industry standard to like. They had to pick a side to maintain their readership, and now they've gone hyper-political, and which undercuts their core value. And to me, that's really strange. It's like 
Of course, it would be decentralized at some point. You can't. There's no, nobody can remain. Nobody can have a hegemony over anything. And the NFL numbers are declining. You know, people are spending their entertainment dollars different. Millennials are coming up, and they're spending money on video games, but not sitting watching a three-hour football game live like we used to. And I think this is a changing world. That's why. That's why I like the idea of a more faster, harder-hitting product. It's more sort of in, in lockstep Intention current culture, yeah. as opposed to having really to revert back on the traditional model of the last 30 years of the, yeah. the big promo at the top. And the, I thought it was too expensive. I, I, to me, I, and I'm not, I don't mean that's bad. It's perfect if that, I mean, if I was in that position, I maybe would do the same thing. It's advertiser-based and tradition-based. But for me, as an outlier, we should change. We, we don't have, we have no rules at all. So, very attractive to me. Yeah. Yeah, and even I used to have these arguments in TNA. Um, why is every match six minutes? Why is every match 12 minutes? Like, why don't we have two-minute matches? UFC comes out, and it's a big hype, and they do the hype for eight weeks, and the guy comes out and knocks the guy out in the first punch. And then the storyline becomes, how does he recover? Why don't we do that? Well, you know, you got to protect this. It's like, like, it's like saying to a Breaking Bad writer or a, a writer for a, you know, Stranger Things, oh, you can't do that. you got to protect the... It's this sort really of unwritten rule so that every match should be no shorter than you know yeah. the God, wrestling yeah, so gods have decreed. You know, to me, that's all. That's all got to go. To Dana White's credit, they stole all the heat off of wrestling and just left it in the guts. And I think wrestling has recovered. There was a time where I wasn't sure it was going to recover. I think it has recovered. But yeah, I mean, UFC just took that model of like, and, and even, you know, you'll see it with UFC matches, they don't work baby face heel, sometimes they work heel heel, some of the biggest matches are heel heel, just guys cutting the shit out of shit, look at Khabib and, and McGregor, I mean, who's the baby face, to their fans they're baby faces, but from a wrestling point they're both heels, McGregor, uh, Khabib jumps out of the ring and Right? This is not really drawn? Yeah, yeah. You it's think that if they do another, if they do Khabib and McGregor 2, it's not going to draw? Yeah. You think they're not going to use the promo packages and then cut each other to ribbons and McGregor saying shit about Khabib's wife and going after you know his religion? I mean, you think they're going to leave that out? I'm sorry, that's just... That's why people tune in to watch. They like the, the resolution of the conflict. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, still going. About two, two years. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's very hard for people to understand. And I don't mean it in any condescending way. I think it's hard for people to understand that if, you, if you're going to truly grow a business, um, 
there are things you're going to do that you're just going to have to accept in year two. You're not going to get what you're going to get in year six. But if you do it right in year two, you'll get to year six. And that's sometimes it's hard to explain to people. Um, uh, you know, we've had very good you know, partnership relationships with uh, Ring of Honor and stuff like that where we've been able to use their stage and work within their world. So for this is a big thing now. Okay, now we're stepping out on our own stage. But it took a lot of time to get here. I could have blown this money right out the door. And we could have done exactly what we're doing, but it, it took this much time to actually build the relationships with talent. That's right. That is where we are. Or talent to buy, to buy into the idea of like, well, why would I sign with you as opposed to pick another company? Or why, when I can be on national TV, even though I'm making less money, I'm on, t you know, to explain to talent, like, this is a different vision here. And, and then to go out and execute it and show consistency and not waver every time. You know, uh, when, when uh, you know, of course, we've heard all the, all the scuttlebutt. Um, you know, mysteriously, about two years ago, out of nowhere, Turner reached out to us and wanted to talk to us. And we went and there. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, they pitched us on the whole model that basically became the AOW model with Turner. Now, we don't know if that was an early... Like they wanted somebody, we don't know. We don't really know. And at one point, even after we heard the AEW thing was going to happen, Turner circled back to us again. Maybe we were leveraging the deal. I, you know, we don't really know. But they were pitching us on what is now the AEW model, which is great because all power to them. I mean, fantastic platform and a huge audience upside. Um, but as you're wandering through the wilderness, and you know, we've always tried to keep our business very quiet about what we're doing, you know, you get this thing of like, well, why aren't you doing X, Y, or Z? And you keep saying, well, we don't have to. Like, blowing money doesn't prove anything. How many promotions have started or died, or somebody from Hollywood throws in a million? And, well, it goes even to the, the idea of offering the, the product for free. I mean, I played for free a million times. And then once the band became successful, then I, I've been successful ever since. So trying to get the NWA to a status of relevancy where it's like it's considered creatively emotionally, spiritually, within the greater realm of wrestling, how do you calculate what's that, what that's worth? You know, ECW, which I loved, you know, um, uh, even when they were doing, even when they were successful, a lot of the people treated it as still kind of like, well, it doesn't really belong, or Jerry Lawler, extremely crappy wrestling, or whatever. And in many ways, AEW is the grandchild of ECW as far as an outlier audience that pushes a product into the mainstream, and at some point the mainstream has to respond to the innovation and the, the fan base that, that, that exists. Um, and so, but our particular point is, is slightly different, where in ECW's case and AEW's case, they want to innovate in the market and sort of push wrestling forward. We think there's a lot of people who have been left behind by the changes in the wrestling well, business in the last 30 years. We think there's a balance point between, let's call it the traditional value of wrestling, which never gets old, in my opinion, and then an innovative uh, position, which I think only I would take on. And we think in that balance point, and where we've shown flashes of it, we think we can, we, we can not only exist as a standalone brand within the market, but imitate us at your own peril. Because it'll become very obvious if you're selling for a smaller company. Like, we're about to own the studio wrestling space. Uh, uh, Dave Marquez, 
Uh, we pointed out, you know, recently, you know, uh, uh, with, with the wink that he's been doing studio wrestling for years. But he's been running a more traditional product where he's still trying to put on, like, Welcome to the Thing and promos in the rings. And we're going back to the old school Saturday morning format. So, in my opinion, once we own the space and we're about to own the space, anybody who comes in the space, everyone's going to go, now you're just copying the NWA. Because no one's going to do it like we're going to do it. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, no, no uh, ring entrance. No music. No. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. And even talent's going. What do you mean? There's no. Yeah. We're going back to the old version of how you do stuff. Like literally, like here's your three things you got to hit. Go. Like, like no scripted promos. Lines you up. Go. No, we want the rough and tumble atmosphere. We want the. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Full organic. I mean, look at who's in the room. <laughs> but, sure. I, but I mean, I just said, let me do it. I did it. Talk, 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 talk. History. Yeah. Wind them up. Go. Get over it. The old school way. Yeah. Because for me as an entertainer, that's what I want. Yeah. I want the spot. Like, put the spotlight on me and I'll fucking hit my marks. And so that's the, that's the philosophy. So, yeah, we're going to go for it. So, that's what I'm saying. Once we. We believe that once we crack that door back open to the rebellious spirit that I grew up on, if anybody follows us in that gap, people like you are going to go, well, <laughs> you guys are following them. And, and, and they're going to follow us at their own peril because... Because like, we're going to be innovators in the space. I mean, that's how you that's how you build your rep. That's how you build your street rep. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because I actually came in through the there and school. Yeah, yeah, right. Same, similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've talked to a lot of people about world of sport. You know, I've certainly, of course, seen some of the shows, but um, I didn't grow up in it. I grew up in the Chicago version. You know, Saturday morning in the basement. Here comes Dick the Bruiser. You know. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. the interesting thing about that is that the but it has, but stuff is stuck. But it actually has to. You see. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think you're in that club. Well, in many ways, and I think this is one of the arguments that Cody and the Bucks are making that is that is is fair. WWE, through the nature of their position in the market, as in like the NFL or whatever, when you become that standard, well, by nature of the business, you actually become a little bit more conservative because you have much more to lose. So what happens is that becomes the sort of the, the watermark, and at some point, the market starts to go, well, I want this or I want that, or the fans start to respond to it. Yeah. whatever and then here comes the innovation and I think now we're, we're, we're just starting to feel this wave of innovation yeah. so it's going to be fantastic and, and for fans it's going to be really interesting to watch because uh, for every you know every three successes there'll be two failures and that's fascinating you know if you're really a fan you'll enjoy the ride I think that the fact that wrestling has gotten out of politics wrestling has got a, gotten out of race wrestling has gotten out of so Social issues for many is actually to the detriment of wrestling. Wrestling used to be a cultural edge, say the thing that shouldn't be said, do the thing that shouldn't be done, because at the end of the day, the good guy is supposed to come in. Like I, perfect example in, in a less politically correct era, 
um, you know, Chicago is the second biggest Polish city in the world. So Ivan Kutsky, who is the Polish Superman, typical promo. Yeah. Out comes the guy. You know, he were this and he were that. You know, calling Butsky every horrible racist name in the book, and of course, he's going to defend the honor of his people. I mean, and I'm not saying in politically uh, sensitive times we shouldn't be politically sensitive. What I'm saying is wrestling really should be at that, like a, like Breaking Bad and these shows where they kind of go right up to the edge of the cultural standard and in that find new energy, new storylines, new heats. Because at the end of the day, and I used to have these in, in teenage meetings, I remember having this, these meetings with Dixie Carter, and I'm like, why wouldn't the heel say the worst thing possible? Yeah. They're a heel. Yeah. Why wouldn't they go after like McGregor going after Khabib's religion and his wife? The heel would go there. That's what a heel does. He wants to get under the baby's face of skin. So I think there's a new version of that, and I think wrestling in many ways has gotten conservative, which is antithetical to how the business is built, which is innovative forward. Okay, sorry. Sorry. sorry no, nice talk. Very much. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, could I get yeah, of course, yeah. Sorry for taking up so much. Oh, no problem. I, 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 I talk wrestling all day. It's kind of like holding up a American society. Yeah. Yeah, My wife and I are Oh, that's fun. It would be real fun. Thanks, brother. Yeah, the time. Um, can you take me over here, but I'll come back. Okay. I, I, I'm in no hurry. So, okay. If you all kind of do it together, maybe faster. Do us the same question. Everyone has their own question. It's a junket. Yeah, junket.